On this episode of Light on the Trail, I talk with PJ Izagira, the co-owner and race director with Tejas Trails. He tells us some history about the awesome night series, the Captain Carl's race, and so much more. Evaluating the person that you are choosing to be on a daily basis um, with your runs, like making that attachment to your psyche by doing something physical, man, it's just such a healthy habit. Okay. All right, we'll, we'll start off here. Uh, I am so graciously, graciously joined by PJ, Mr. Izaguera. <laughs> close enough, close right? Enough. Yeah, yeah, close enough. <laughs> Very close enough. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Uh, taking some time out of his day here. You are, um, correct me if I'm wrong, like a co-owner and race director with Tejas Trails. Uh, that's exactly right. Awesome, man. Uh, very cool. Uh, and oddly enough, um, or almost planned like I meant to do this, Y'all just had one of your one of your biggest races, uh, the night run, the the Captain Carl's, right? Uh, yes, uh, Captain Carl's at Colorado Bend State Park. The Colorado Bend was Saturday, and then I had just done uh, the Sufferfest night run um, over here at um, Cedar Hill State Park. But so we both did uh, these crazy mm-hmm. night runs. But yours, let, let's talk about yeah, let's talk about yours. How's your sleep so far? Have you gotten back on schedule? Did you have to stay up all through that or? Oh man, it was great. Like, <laughs> um, so there's just so much to do going into Friday because uh, course marking was such a bear to get done. And so Saturday morning, I was up at like five, five thirty, and on the trail by like eight. Uh, I did have to wrap up a little bit of things that I was like concerned because they had some of the trails closed because they bulldozed through some of it. So I just wanted to oh, make wow. sure that they didn't mess with anything else right before the race. I was checking intersections just so I had that peace of mind. So I could at least be honestly tell people that if something had happened where the park staff had messed with something or opened up trail when they had had it closed all week, that I could honestly say, hey, I just saw it. You should be good. But thankfully, nothing changed. It was all good. Um, so, yeah, all that to say, I didn't get to bed till 12 30 following day so 5 30 to 5 30 is 24 hours and then till 12 30 so yeah about like 31 hours straight. Like, yeah. <laughs> my goodness dude awesome what yeah. a what a way to work yeah it's, it's a good time <laughs> right that secondhand fun the people you got to look back on it and like well I know it doesn't sound like fun, but it was really cool. Like it was fun, but I tell you uh, what, man, it feels like an ultra itself. Like it's it's crazy. Um, the I don't know. The whole week itself is just pretty demanding, especially with the heat. Yeah. But um, all that to say, um, once once you get to like the race day, it feels like a victory lap. Like you're still running, but it's all like fun and all this kind of coming together yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so um yeah 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 that's, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome yeah I'm, i bet that is a, a pretty big build-up of like been planning and planning for this and now you're out there and you're setting everything up and like for all these people to come do it and then it's it's working they're actually doing it and everything's going along and they're like all right yeah and then you gotta and then cleaning up of course 
Oh um, my gosh, I'm still working on that. If I'm being honest, oh, it's, it, it's just such a big loop, and uh, the park yeah. is huge. And um, I had an interview on Monday, right after the race. So then that delayed communication with some things, and just delayed a lot of other cleanup stuff that could have happened. Like it's crazy. Um, I'm so thankful for volunteers because when you don't have them, <laughs> it's just like that much harder to get things done. And uh, yeah. time adds up, right? Like um, you have three people for 20 minutes. That's an hour worth of work, you know? And then you miss one hour and you had seven to 10 people. That's, you know, several hours of work just gone in the blink of an eye. So it's like, oh man, like, um, crucial just, they're so yeah they're so valuable so i'm just like Man. but it's all good um i also really enjoy just spending time out in the woods so all good uh, awesome um yes with the it's such a big job and i was going to ask you I had this on my, my little list here but uh something i'm always interested in is so what yeah what makes a good volunteer um man uh, that's a really good question. Uh, my favorite volunteers are the ones that like, just don't have any expectation as far as like what their responsibilities are. Like people that are flexible can kind of just, um, go with the flow or whatever. Um, and most of the volunteers are like that, but then, um, on the flip side of that, um, it's really cool when someone's like, I'm really good at this. You put me there, I'm going to shine. And then like you let them do their thing and you don't have to think about it. Um, yeah. so that's really fun too. But yeah, I guess just someone that's, that's flexible. That's probably like the best quality to have as a volunteer. That makes sense. I would think, especially with such a big, you know, a, a race in general, but then such a big one, if someone's just there to be like, Hey, yeah, like what, whatever you need, I'm here to help. I understand the 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 situation just put me yeah just to help and have a body somewhere like go grab water or just whatever it is and be happy yeah i mean uh as far as logistics go there's a lot of different tasks they go into putting on a run and a lot of different little responsibilities that volunteers can take on anywhere from like being a course marshal to marking trail to you know just handing out t-shirts like they're all essential right but it's like yeah personality definitely plays into every one of those roles and you don't want to mismatch those. So it's like, it's good to engage with a volunteer before, you know, making them or not making them, but putting them in a spot where they're not necessarily going to shine as um, bright as if they were doing something they really enjoyed. Yeah. So with that, uh, all this, all this going on and it's such a big event with the captain Carl, but you have, isn't there another one in like two weeks? Uh, three weeks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's what makes them really tough to get the challenge done. Um, so there's like a challenge for the series where you, if you do all four and you complete them, all four 60 Ks throughout the summer, you get a buckle at the end. Um, and one of the biggest components that makes that so difficult is recovery because you still feel so beat up after each one. It's like a beating on top of a beating, on top of a beating, on top of a beating. So um, it just wears on the body, especially with this summer heat. 
you always feel depleted. You always feel like you're, you're, you're never going to grow your toenails back. You know, there's <laughs> just, <laughs> it's rough. There's not a lot of people that get it done. Yeah. I would, that was the, my next question. Now, how often does somebody or how many of those challenges get completed every year? Um, so last year was the most I've ever seen. And there was right around a dozen that got it done. And wow. it was also the most amount of participants we've ever had in it. Um, like okay. the year before that, I think it was half. I think there were like six. And then the year before that, I think it was kind of, I don't think there were any because of COVID. I think, I can't remember what had happened. But at that, also during that time, I wasn't as involved. I wasn't the owner at the time. So um be interesting to go look further into the history because I don't think it's ever been more than eight until last year. Okay, because that's something, you know, when I was kind of digging into this and um, when I was looking for night races, that's one I was, I think it was just location. I was looking at a lot of that one. I'd love to go to, to you know, Bend and, and run it there. Um, the one I just decided it was just closer to where I live, but I was really looking at that and checking it out and I looked like an awesome one. And then I saw the, the Captain Carl's Challenge and I was like, there's always that, like, that sounds bananas, <laughs> but it'd be really cool if I could do that. Yeah. Like that sounds like a good challenge. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, if you, that, it's cool. that park itself is probably one of my favorite in Texas, just because the geography of it changes so much. Like you're in open prairie, you're on Riverside, you're on creeks, you get some views, you know, where you can see just all across hill country. It feels like, you know, you're kind of in the mountains or, you know, whatever we get to call mountains, yeah. right? But <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you get that feeling just because you can see so far in some spots of the park. And then um, Gorman Falls is very beautiful. Um, not in the summer just because it's so dry, but um, we also have another race called Tanahas in February. And the creeks are flowing. The river's a lot higher. So it's just a very oh, okay. beautiful park. Man. So if you're interested, you should you should check it out, man. It, I, it, uh, definitely it feels like an adventure you run past caves and stuff too um Ooh. yeah 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 i've heard nothing but good things about about you know the, the park down there and how, how awesome it is and everything so i definitely that'd be a great way to, to experience the park as well mm -hmm. uh so have you ever ran the captain cross uh only the 10 and 20k series uh because for as long as i've been um participating in it i've also volunteered um that's how i started with tales trails as a volunteer i just um i'd run whatever distance was closest to half marathon so that i'd still have some legs to help with tearing down the course and then i would just put more miles once the event was over so um i okay. i always felt like uh i'd kind of be doing a disservice if i didn't if i was like hopping into any distance longer than that because i knew i wouldn't want to volunteer after if I didn't have some juice left over, you know, that that's very, how nice of you. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Do you get, um, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to ask how you kind of got, how you got started with, um, with Tejas trails. Um, so we'll go, if I can ask you, uh, if you were a runner before or how long have you been a runner and then how, yeah, how did how did that progress with you joining as a or helping with a volunteer at Tejas, and how, how have you become where you are now with them? Um, yeah, so I started running when I was in seventh grade. Um, to keep it kind of short, I ran in high school cross country and track, and then I ran in college cross country and track. 
my going into my junior year, I uh, transferred universities, walked on to um, the university I transferred to. I competed for one year, and uh, team dynamic was uh, really different. So I decided that I wasn't going to run my senior year. And but I still loved running. I still loved competing. So I was doing a ton of like local races and um, winning a lot of them. But I was kind of getting tired because they were all in the same places. They were like there's one park and there's like 20 different races at that same park throughout the year. Like it's like there wasn't a lot to see um, where I grew up and at the university I was going to. And then I had a professor that I would always see at these runs. She wasn't even my professor, but she was just a professor on campus I would see pretty frequently. And we became Facebook friends, and she had open invites to all these runs, um, local runs. And then she sent out an invite saying, like, hey, I'm going to this trail run. It's very scenic. The the company will provide lodging and food. Um, For anyone who wants to catch a ride, just uh, shoot me a message. And uh, that lady, her name's Donna Pazera, and uh, we just became really good friends. And there's another another guy who is um, who also hopped on. His name's Austin, and we all had a really good time. She was the captain in an aid station, just showing us the ropes. And um, we we started with the overnight shift, so we drove six hours from the border to Rock Springs, and at 9 p.m. is when we got there. And then we just started uh, running the aid station from 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like right into it. And I was just like, what do we do? (laughs) It's awesome. Yeah. That's a way to, (laughs) that's a way to do it. Is that how, it was that with Tejas Trails? Is that what Donna was talking about or is that, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was with Tejas Trails. Um, That was the first year they had that particular race. Um, and they had named it after the previous owners, uh, Joe and Joyce Persadis. So that race is called J&J. Okay. I was just looking at that one, too, on the events there. And I was wondering, oh, I wonder who, who they are. Who's Joe and Joe? Yeah, okay. Yeah, the original owners of Tejas Trails. You know, they started it back in early 2000. Gotcha. Oh, okay, very cool. That's awesome. Y'all have, yeah. Uh, and there seems to be a, a, a lot of history um, with everything. And they've really got a good foundation on on what what Taos Trails is kind of building and all that. Did I I thought I had read it on here and I was looking for it. I'm just kinda of looking at the the website. Um it might have been something else where I read it. Is there something about the Captain Carls being like a long, long time night run or like the first in Texas or something like that? Yeah, it's the longest uh night trail series in the nation. The nation it's the longest okay. running. Yeah. Yeah. That- Awesome. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. I don't know where I saw that from, and I. But thank you for confirming that. Yeah, that's so cool, man. Um, right, and then you're such a, a part of that now. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, people will ask me about it and stuff, and like, they'll see like shirts. They'll like recognize the logo, and even out of state, it's crazy. Like, they're like oh yeah, like I've heard about that. It's wild. Like, um, I didn't realize how popular it was or how well known it was in like the ultra community until like this past year. Cause like, um, even going out of state to different runs and seeing friends and just, uh, running into people. Like it's crazy. It's yeah, crazy. Right. You're, it's recognized. you're part of that and helping and spreading everything. Yeah. So it was so funny today. There's this guy he's like, 
hey, like, I was uh, near a store that was by the, um, by the event. And he's like, oh, so you're the captain? I was like, no, I'm just uh, trying to carry on the legacy and, um, you know, carry the name, keep it going for as long as I can. He's like, oh, so you're just first mate, huh? And it's like, <laughs> just, yeah, just being funny, but clever. It's wild. Uh, he had ran it back in 2008, and that just sounds insane. 15 years ago, and he was just like telling me about it when he Dang. first started running it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's been a while for sure. Is there a um, particular history about it? Like, why is it called that, or why is it a night run, or did they just want to make something cool and difficult? <clears throat> cool and difficult, but I mean, it's just the spirit of the individuals named after, right? Um, I didn't personally know Captain Carl, and he passed away well before I even knew him about him. But uh, the original owner of these events and the one who started the night series, his name is Brad Quinn. And um, his wife is named Nyla, and her dad is Captain Carl. And um, from what I know of Captain Carl, he was just like that type of person that uh, could motivate you to do anything, you know, motivate you to believe in yourself, get the job done, and in his own special way. And I don't know, I like, I'm sure you can think of someone in mind who's, you know, done that for you, but. Um, from what I know, he's done that for so many people, so it only seems appropriate that um, these events be named after him, right? Because what these events are, uh, in like the grand scheme of things, is an opportunity, right? Like um, opportunities are like essentially gateways to something bigger, right? Yes. And um, like it can be good, it can be bad, but you get to choose, right? And like. Um, I feel honored to be a part of that. Like just yeah, something that, you know, can lead people to, for one, find out what they can do for themselves and, and grow and, and, you know, find strength. Like it's, it's been a really awesome thing to just help put together. Yeah. That's so, keep going. that's so awesome. That's something I talk about uh, a lot on here. And if I, if I quote scripture, which <clears throat> I have like in a segment, which is kind of perfectly goes into this, but it's like, that's something I get a lot out of running is it, it's simple because it's just running right but it can be so much more and it's like time time to yourself mentally you can push yourself like that was again the, the one i just ran that's the longest i've ever ran and you know can you explain it to people and they're like well that sounds hard but like yeah like i wanted i wanted to do something hard something challenging uh and then reading reading y'all's the the mission statement on through Teos trails it says this was like perfect is this, to selflessly offer incredibly fun, family-oriented, beautifully scenic, God-honoring, and challenging endurance events that better people's lives. Yeah. Like, yeah, just better better yourself, better your life through through pushing. If you can go get to things that, like, you weren't sure you could do and then you do them, you're like, holy cow. Like, how much more is available? And I had, um, talking about this with someone else who I – like hold really dear to me. She's like another mom. Uh, she actually sent me this this verse, right? So it's 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, which says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but power, love, and self-discipline, right? So it's like being self-disciplined enough and just having the power to do stuff or push yourself, right, and get through things. Uh, I was like, that's so perfect. Like, oh, man, I'm going to talk to him about this. And I just read the, the mission statement with that. Um, but that's man, so cool. That's and awesome. 
it's such a like simple but not simple but it like to me it just makes so much sense of like you you can do so much when you you try to do so much you know or like just better yourself with whatever it is if you you know it's great so i'm sure yeah being a part of that and just helping with every little thing and getting to me i'm sure you've met all kinds of people and i'm sure you hear people tell you stories of, of how how awesome they they feel after this and i'm sure you've got regulars and everything that's such that's that's awesome man that's so cool man um one thing that um i saw at this race like um i was uh kind of being interviewed um at the race and they're asking me all these questions and one of the things they had asked me is like how i like how long do i see myself doing this right and um i was like till the wheels fall off baby like i'm trying to do this for the rest of my life but you know, <laughs> like we'll see yeah, yeah. How, it, how it goes, right? But um, the reason I say that is because, like, it's just so inspiring, right? Um, one thing I had to mention to them um, that I'll mention to you is that um, this lady came up to me and she's like, I just want to let you know, like, we love these races and um, we love them so much. I've been doing them for so long that my dad, and she, the lady was probably like in her mid 40s, dad was 73. Um, her husband was 45 and her son was 17. Son was running 30K, dad was running um, the 20K, and then the grandpa was running the 10K. Uh-huh. So it's just like literally like ins- inspiration being passed on generation to generation. Yeah. And then seeing the value of what like running can do. And it's just like so like freaking cool to see that like in the family dynamic, which is like essentially what I'm trying to do, right? Like I'm trying to create this sense of community, the sense of like care that you would get from a family and just so that people can believe these things can be done. Yeah. Right. And it's just like, that's like the epitome of what I'm trying to create just in a really tight on a lot tighter scale. You know, so it's just yeah. really neat. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I would definitely, I would definitely, think that could be highly contagious and and you wouldn't want to leave that seeing you know seeing how well you're, you're affecting people positively and what they're getting out of it and then right you see a whole family that's doing it and growing from it enjoying it that's that's so awesome what um as you like as a race director then so what would you call what's a good race when something you know like nobody gets hurt and everybody finishes or like what what do you call or what are your point of view is a is a good race there's like, oh man, there's a lot of factors that go into it, but uh, like essentially, are people being taken care of, right? Like if I were to do it the most simple way, and for me, what does being taken care of look like? Do they have everything necessary to answer any questions that someone might have to get the job done, right? So. If someone asks, how do I get rid of cramps and they don't have an answer, that's like a point down. If they say like, how do, what can I do to hydrate and they don't have water, that's like 10 points down, you know, or like my goal was this time. Do you have time? Like, you know, like that's like, you know, so it's like all these little things, but, um, 
yeah, I, I think that that just comes with experience, right? Like there, like you can't please everyone, but you can make everyone feel taken care of. And I think the way you do that is by communicating. So as long as you set the expectation, you tell people this is what the run is going to be, and this is what we got for you. We wish you the best. Let us know what we can do for you. Um, and then if someone's like, hey, like I wanted grilled cheese. Well, the expectation was that we weren't going to have grilled cheese. So like, you know, you shouldn't feel bad about that. Right. But um, again, as long as you're communicating and saying like, hey, we can I do have an answer for you. We have this other. Um, we have X that will supplement you even better than a grilled cheese. Right. Like we have a goo or a bar <laughs> or whatever, you know, like just making people feel like they're taken care of. Right. And that just comes like that can only really happen at a personal level and like uh, of communication. Right. Like the more you talk to people, the easier it is to make happen. And obviously with bigger events, that's even harder, but that's where you learn how to take care of your volunteers. And if you take care of your volunteers, your runners are guaranteed to be taken care of. So it's like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just that, that care. That makes sense. If you can, you can't make everybody happy, but if you can do, do what you can do to equip, right. Everyone there that's helping properly connect the dots and, and just be very, very hospitable and, you know, have a smile on your face and try to take care of everything and just, you know, bring it, bring, bring it to the people so they can, they can give it their all. Uh, I'm sure Mm -hmm. it's, it's stressful to say the least, but you, you know, you can do it, do it, do all you can do. I man, I only ever really feel stressed about the course and I only ever feel like so funny. Um, I know uh, I had mentioned that I, I, t- I listened to your podcast with Briston. Yeah. Yeah. And man, um, when I was volunteering for him, we, he had mentioned like, dude, the most stressful thing is just waiting for that first person to get back to the finish line. Oh, so you know they found that, all the markers and stuff. And, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. It confirms that you made the course properly and they were able to follow it and get back to you. But like up until then, you're like, oh man, like please make it, please make it. Like me personally, <laughs> I'm like asking each aid station, let me know what time he came through. Okay, good, he got there. Okay, next aid station, let me know what time he came through. Okay, he got there. And then I'm like, hey, he should be there. Like, if he hasn't gotten there in 10 minutes, like, let me know and I'm going to be on my way. And then, like, two minutes later, he's like, hey, he got here. I'm like, okay, oh. good. Like, it's just, that's, um, so, that's yes. like the only stressful thing that, like, gets me. But again, once one lap is covered, I'm like, all right, time to enjoy the event. That may, I have a, uh, that's, I totally, uh, this goes right with this is perfect. Um, on my race, this was my thought too. I was thinking that, like, I bet they were so stressed out. Because uh, I, I ended up running with uh, like two guys named um, uh, Brad and Michael, and we got it was three laps for the race we did, and we got back on the second lap, and I hadn't met them until halfway through the second lap. Anyway, so we get back and start, and I'm going straight. You're supposed to go straight back over the timing mat. Don't stop at the aid station if you wanted to, then go back through it, or you go around. Yeah, that's exactly the setup that I had too. Yeah, and uh, so we we get there, and he starts walking off to the right. And I was like, kind of look at it. I'm like, what? And then these people, like the, uh, I think one of them was the director. So he's like, hey, hey, come over. And they're just like, immediately you're like, are you Brad? He's like, yeah. So I think they were watching on the tracking that it showed that this Brad guy had been out for, you know, four or five hours and hadn't made a lap yet because he didn't cross the timing mat. 
So they were really worried about Brad. And they're like, oh, you're okay. Okay, he's here. Like, <laughs> just make sure you go. Over. Yeah, I was like, oh, I bet they were freaking out. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's, yeah, that's another thing, right? Like, um, that can be stressful too. I mean, it is stressful when you have people on course that like DNF yeah. or want to DNF, don't have a way to get. Yeah, man, that, that can be pretty scary. Just again, it's like, how do you care for someone that's in the middle of the woods and has no way of communicating to you, especially in like a remote park like Colorado Bend? Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, <laughs> but that, that's also the, uh, the appeal. Problems. Yeah, the appeal for some people, oh, right, yeah, is like, yeah. Oh, it's going to be way out there really in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, two, two in the morning, I might get lost. I'm like, please don't. Yeah. <laughs> is that a, is Colorado Bend one of your, what's like your favorite location? So I know we just talked about them, but J and J and Colorado Bend, like I wouldn't be able to pick between both of those, but they're both probably my favorite. Yeah, is it just the? Um, it's more southern, southern and west, right? So it's it's kind of more uh, desert-ish, um, dry, but like very Texas, Texas X. <laughs> no, actually, um, so. Uh, J&J, which is in Rock Springs, uh, about an hour past Kerrville, is it is West Texas, but it ha- you're not in that dry, barren part of Texas just oh, okay. yet. Okay, yeah. Um, there's like a lot of like hills, and it, it really feels like hill country, um, even though it's kind of far from it. Um, and there's a river that runs right through the middle of the venue. It's at this Christian camp called Camp Eagle. Um, just super gorgeous, man. And the water's always cold, so it's like so <laughs> nice to hop in. <laughs> like, yes. And uh, yeah, the staff there is incredible. They even like help uh, take over aid stations. Like, it's insane. Like, it's just such a well supported event, um, which is so ironic because it's like our smallest one. Like, 200 or 250 people will come out to that one. Um, and most of our other races are right around 400. Um, and same thing with Colorado Bend, uh, just cause it's far out from most, uh, way further out than most other places that we have races at. Um, that's definitely a factor, but man, so beautiful. I love it. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's got, yeah. That's exactly what I, again, what I've heard about with the, the Colorado Bend area is just, it's so, it's so nice. There's a, um, something that's kind of piqued my interest is, uh, FKT trails, so looking for the fastest known times oh. and there's only a handful of them in Texas, right? I'm um, compared to like Colorado where there's hundreds pretty much, but uh, one of them is there at, at, um, at the Bend national park or I was going to say the big Bend, Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that again, that's something I'm like, well, that'd be a good reason to go out there just to check out the trail and do that and, you know, make a whole vacation about it. And it's just, yeah, got to convince the yeah. wife, convince the wife to do so as well. But, uh, uh, yeah, I always hear nothing but good things. I would love to, you know, see more of the of the state, and that's something else I think it's so so cool about. You know, y'all are making a a good example of just being a a good company where it's like, hey, we're cool. Come be cool with us. Push yourself. All right, high five! Like, congratulations! And it's just that <laughs> that kind of trail runner uh, mentality that I've gathered. Just like everybody, just there to to do good and push themselves and be outside, right and uh, it's, it's contagious, but it's so, it's so nice. Uh, what, and, and 
with being, I know you mentioned you don't get to run like the long distances with, with the tail trail since you're, you're obviously working during those times. Uh, do you, how has that limited you at all? If you've wanted to go run other places or like how competitive or do you, do you run like a whole lot or what's, what's some like running goals of yours you're trying to, to do? Um, so man, I, I honestly, um, until recently have been pretty fried with running. Um, I just, I, I was so like, um, analytical about my running all throughout high school and college. Like I would weigh myself before and after every meal and every, every run. And oh. I was always like doing the math on how much hydration I should be on. Like, like um, and I, I kind of got worn out. Like, um, I told myself I'm going to stick with this for one year, my senior year and see what I can do. And, um, then I got to like having more fun with it. Um, all that to say, I've kind of gotten away from running just because I've been getting into more race directing. And now I'm like, I, I just feel like, uh, I've kind of run into this other issue mentally where it's like, I kind of have imposter syndrome. Like, I feel like I almost don't deserve to have this position. So like the best thing I can do is just keep finding ways to serve others so that I feel the more deserving and i don't know if that's even like the right mentality to have about it but it does help me feel like i can run free a little bit more um and like one one of the major things that makes me feel more connected to my running is volunteering yeah. <laughs> so like like uh literally like, uh, that's uh where i met briston because i was uh volunteering for his race um and uh Man, I did you, did you say you were at Sufferfest? Yeah, Sufferfest. Uh, from Blazing Blazing Trails. Yeah. So, do you know Ashley Forshee? No, I don't think I do. So, um, well, anyway, another friend of mine. Her name's Ashley Forshee. She's a race director too. Um, and she just put on her very first run, and um, I went to go volunteer for her, and it was such a good time. It just makes me feel like, all right, like. Um, I really am serving this community I care about. Um, so that makes me feel like I should be putting in more miles because, um, I want to be a good example, uh, like to others. And on top of that, I just, um, I, for one, I think like it, you should at least have enough capacity to, to, to do what you're directing, take care of situ- Yeah not only do what you're directing, but serve the demands of what it entails. Right. So if I am putting on a run where someone could potentially be six miles away from me and the only way to get to them is to run, then I need to be able to hammer out six hard miles to get to them as quick as possible. And I've had to do that on several occasions and actually found them. And like, you know, it was very necessary for me to be there. And, um, man, like at Bandera one year I had to carry, um, it wasn't that heavy, like, thank goodness, because had it been like one or two pounds heavier, um, I probably wouldn't have been able to get to that person, but I had to carry like this plastic stretcher for someone who had broke their ankle. Um, 
and Whoa. you know i was hauling dude and i was so tired i only had to go two miles but carrying you know extra couple pounds for two miles just hauling i was i was gassed and i was like man like and that's because i i've been putting in like at least 40 miles a week and um you know like i i i feel like not only would i be doing a disservice to myself but it definitely a disservice to like the people that i'm putting on a race for like um, part of caring for people is making them feel safe. And if your race director can't even take care of you in an emergency situation, then like, how are you even going to trust them? You know? Yeah, that's a good, so, that's in that, right. And in a situation like that, if it does something serious, does kind of happen where someone does yeah, break an ankle and they just like get over the radio or something. They're like, Oh, Hey PJ, I need you to take this stretcher two miles that way. And you got to do it now. And you got to do it like five minutes ago. <laughs> like you're okay right you you have to be able to to kind of answer whatever comes your way and, and do that that's i'm sure your heart rate was jack being you know uh, you know excited but you know in a bad, not necessarily a oh good way gosh. but crazy yeah so so uh funny in that specific situation like when we finally got her on the stretcher and we were uh about to start carrying her we got a little we had eight guys total with us but like Initially, there was just three, and then three more came along, and then two more came along, like, ten minutes and ten minutes later. Um, So then when we started carrying her, um, there were six of us holding the stretcher and then two rotating in. And I was so gassed from running that, like, I was switching, like, every, like, two minutes. I was like, all right, like, I'm tapping out, like, someone else coming. Like, (laughs) I was just so, like, gassed. I was like, oh, man, like. Not only do I need to work on my running, but I probably need to like start doing more push-ups, man. <laughs> like, um, oh man! But oh, man, <laughs> um, I'm sure she good was happy. time because she felt like well taken care of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm sure she appreciated it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know that she was, uh, you know, ten minutes alone by like, because uh, it was word of mouth. You know, someone told someone, told someone, oh. and then that got to us pretty fast. Okay. And then we got to her. So like, she always had someone with her, and that's a, that event is so big that you know, people would have kept seeing her. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think from the time that it happened to the time that we had her in the stretcher was probably like twenty minutes. Okay. Yeah, and that's again with it being kind of a remote area and just getting out there and doing what you <clears> do. But that's that's awesome. Yeah, people just communicating again, kind of that morality and communication with everybody and that kind of vibe of all the trail runners i'm sure they were everyone just kind of got with the program and, and got a hold of who they could tell to tell you to tell whatever and you know y'all kind of acted quick in the situation yeah i bet there's a handful of stories like that that you know hopefully don't happen that often oh, but yeah. yeah it's it's something that can happen that's kind of the nature of the the animal with all that stuff man um i don't hope that they happen right but it feels like there's always one per race there's always something for race it's like which that doesn't sound like a lot but it feels like a lot you know oh yeah Uh, yeah that's a major thing my uh again from the the supper fest the buddy i came with um he we think it was around maybe the second lap almost just right halfway through he said he kicked a rock really hard and then i caught back up to him uh before i was like oh hey jeff what are you doing he's like i was i need to take it easy for a second and then we met back up at the aid station but then he kind of told me as we were running and we finished it off together. And uh, he's like, I told, yeah, I just kicked a couple, you know, rock really hard. And 
we got back to the car he starts taking off his shoe and he's like i'm kind of worried about this and it's black and swollen and uh oh, he, he sent man. a picture the next morning anyway it was definitely broken so the guy's yeah. an animal and he finished yeah. like 16 miles on a broken toe in the dark you know That's you know awesome. all that and he's just like oh boy but he did it and uh he, he just you know persevered through it and he said it, it surprisingly doesn't hurt that bad it's just really sore now but uh again i'm sure it was a i just numb yeah oh a gosh, mixture that's, that's painful man like yeah yeah i'm surprised yeah, he just got through it and was doing it he's he's not 50 yet he's 49 he'll be 50 you know in a few months or so but he was getting it done and uh it was a lot of fun yeah. and that's yeah that's the culmination of the old man strength i don't think 50 <laughs> is that old but you know you start doing tough things and believing in yourself, you start becoming that old tough guy. <laughs> yeah, I think he told me some of the uh, the Master Series started like forty five or something uh, age groups, and I was like forty five for uh, Masters. <clears throat> Is that what, what do you know? Yeah, I was? mean, in my mind, especially that fifty. Oh, okay. Yeah, but like in my head, that doesn't forty five sounds way younger than fifty, but I don't think forty five is that old like yeah no me either I, I don't know especially like seeing people on the trail like a lot of people don't even get started till they're like mid to mid 30s mid 40s yeah and a lot of people that win are their early 40s it gets crazy that's that's something that i i noticed pretty quickly too i had done done running for a little bit in kind of another sport and then stopped and did something else and then this year i was kind of getting back into it and uh, so i did i did my first marathon this year and got more involved with all that and was kind of more interested in the endurance side of stuff and mostly trail running just for it to be um that appeals to me more than being on like the road but being like outside and in the woods and having to handle the terrain and everything and that's something i noticed with with the age that there's plenty of people that have been doing this for a long time and they're still like a top level like athlete and it's like he's 65 he's 66 or she's you know but and they're still just rocking and rolling and just getting miles done and you're like that's Mm -hmm. inspiring yeah like it's so cool yeah yeah i completely agree and it's also like uh makes you hopeful right like oh like that person's doing that at 60 plus like hopefully i will be too you know yeah exactly exactly man uh definitely here so well before we we close off what i like to add is there uh, some just off the wall kind of questions. How often, which I know we were just kind of talking about like running and it, it's hard to do, you know, depending on what we're doing, but what about, it's like a joke within runners, but like how often would you say you get like a strength training day in? Um, so I feel like every three weeks, cause like, um, carrying everything around and loading it's stuff a, up. Yeah. It's, yeah, like yeah. it's just a big old, week-long ruck session like it feels like nothing but strength i'm like um the other day like two or three days before the race so it had to be like tuesday or wednesday i like lie down on my bed after taking a shower and then i started to stretch and then i started camping from my back and then i turned and i rolled on to like this ball that i have for my cat (laughs) and then like it made my like my biceps start to cramp and so I was coming from my back and my my arm, and then I stand up, and then my foot starts to cramp, and I'm just like cramping in three places at the same time. Oh, like, oh my gosh, it's like you know, full body workout. <laughs> oh, dude, feels like it, man. So That's it's like, torture. <laughs> in between, I'm like, 
so like in a sense i'm just trying to recover too in between events i'm trying not to push myself too hard um yeah if you're awake but... for 31 hours or yeah over 30 hours yeah <laughs> yeah 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 so oh, i got you is there um and then just to hear at the end is there anything uh i know y'all have got you know y'all are busy of course you can go online to the to their website and see their events coming up is there uh one that's special to you or could someone is someone gonna see you at every single one is that you have to travel all around texas to get to them or i i so me and chris work together but i rd for him for all of his races um and his first race starts in september and that one is a lot of fun because it sits on a lake and it's at pace bend state park and that one's special to me because i uh i ran a marathon there on my birthday when I turned 26 and, uh, it was miserable. Like I run a three and a half hour marathon before. And that one took me like eight hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> was so, I ran the first half. I ran the first half in two fifteen, So it took me six hours to do a half marathon. And, you know, I've run, I've run under one thirty like several times for a half. So like, by far the longest half marathon or like the longest amount of time to do a half marathon. And I was just, I was fading. Like I was seeing black on the sides of my eyes and I, I was at mile 16 and I was like, why am I doing this to myself on my birthday? Like, this is so dumb. Like, <laughs> oh, like, like I can just step off the course. The road is right there. It'd take me 10 minutes to walk to the start. And then like, I had another voice in my head. It was like, I can't believe you just said that. Now we're, now we're doing it. Yeah. Now we're yes. doing it. You, you heard that other side? That guy's gone. <laughs> I'm here. We're finishing it. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so I just like that. That conversation with myself is just so fresh. Like it never left. So like, like, like I told myself, you just spoke to the person, the version of yourself that's a quitter. And that's out the window. He's gone. You're not a quitter. This is not you. It's not in your nature to quit go keep moving if you die so be it <laughs> I was just like, oh. and I, I kid you not i was taking like 10 to 15 steps finding a rock sitting on it for like two minutes three minutes getting my breath like catching my breath and then just kept going on repeat which is why it took me so long but yeah i've only ever had a race that bad that one time and um <laughs> Yeah, like I've run further and longer and never struggled like that. But it was just the heat. And um, yeah, oh, I mean, God. I love that course. I, I, I've had so much fun on that course, you know. But that particular time, just like I said, it stays fresh in my mind. It's helped me like grow in times of uh, adversity. Yes. I'm like, yeah. all right, like switch, switch, switch that uh, flip flip that switch in your mind <laughs> that person that wants to quit doesn't exist right now you're doing it till it's done right and that ha it's it's like ammunition now right so it, it's happened before you can oh, tell you can tell this story now and now you're the guy that didn't quit and you know you've not quit before so don't start now and just keep mm -hmm. going through it yeah that's good stuff. ammunition that's a really good word for it because that's exactly what it is you just bring in the gun right yeah. like you just, let's go <laughs> yeah, yeah. pull that little trick out and, and just yeah i do the same thing if i for a second like man this is tough I'm like really tough that's what you signed up for like oh everything's gonna be tough don't be complaining. you know i'm just like all right all right yeah yeah 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get awesome. it. Dude, thank you so much for your time here, PJ. Is there anything you wanted to ask me or um, anything you want to talk about, y'all sponsors or where people can, can find you or Tails Trails or anything they need to know? Um, yeah, there's a handful of things you just mentioned, but <laughs> man, I really like to get to know you. Like, man, um, it's so cool that you're doing this and sharing people's stories. I think that's like such a high value thing to do. Like, um, every culture has like, you know, that one person in the community that, that shares stories and they're just, you know, they're seen as a high value individual. And I think what you're doing is really important. So for one, just like, why did you start this podcast? And like, why reach out to people? Yeah. Well, thing. Awesome. Thank you, man. Um, I do really appreciate that. Yeah. Like I, I kind of mentioned starting this year, I got back into running and, um, I was actually arm wrestling for like two years before that. Cause I was going to school and I couldn't commit that much time. Like I used to do when I was running and uh, it was, it was just something totally different that I'm not used to. But, um, I actually, in one of my first episodes, it kind of talks about it. Uh, I was getting back into running and then also kind of spiritually, um, I, I was thinking about starting a podcast again to help, um, I have kind of, I have a degree in like audio production and stuff. So I wanted to stay sharp and savvy with, um, with the audio stuff, obviously. And in podcasting, I always think is awesome, like radio. And, um, so I actually fasted for, for three days considering it and, and asking God about it. And I thought like, why don't I mix like a little bit of, however I word it in like the description on the podcast, but it says that it's like, let's talk about trail running and with a little bit of like God's world word sprinkled in. So I kind of, bring them in and because during when I run I, I usually like pray a lot especially like on the supper fest if it's a long run I'll just be like trying out the trip and like that's a pretty flower lord thank you for that pretty flower and let me have a positive outlook on this all right keep yeah. keep going and uh but uh and since I kind of had a fresh perspective as like a beginner I think that's important because I know when someone starts something what whatever it is you're kind of looking for like that point of view it's hard to hear someone get you know talk when they've been doing something for 20 years and you're not you can't pick up the lingo or you don't know like well they don't think how i think now because they've been doing it for 20 years like so i'm like well i'm fresh mm -hmm. at this let me just do this and and mix it in so that's kind of what i've that's pretty much the direction i'm yeah i'm trying to go help spread the spread the the fun and how like uh like we we're mentioning how much like running can help people grow and be outside and both like physically and like spiritually and everything yeah. Oh man, that's awesome, dude. I mean, I don't, I don't haven't heard. I mean, I, I haven't heard in a while someone doing that. But, um, praying during your run. My gosh, man, I haven't heard someone say that they do that. And like, that was, uh, I did that a lot in high school, just because I felt like, I mean, I guess most teenagers, right, or teenagers are a little more emotional like you're just going through so much and you're dealing with a lot fast. yeah 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 so like i remember i prayed so much and um it was a good habit because like whenever uh i just like would feel thankful about so many things and just like think about like why they mean so much to me on runs and then i'd like get away from running like oh man i haven't been running and then like I'm not making, I'm like, I'm not like engaging in those same habits. And I'm like, Oh, like, you know what? Like I haven't been, you know, 
being introspective about the things that matter to me and the things I'm thankful for. And it's because I haven't been running. And then I start running and I'm like, Hey, I used to like think about these things when I would run and like, I would even like journal more often when I run consistently. And it's like all those things, man, like just, um, evaluating the person that you are choosing to be on a daily basis um, with your runs, like making that attachment to your psyche yeah, yeah. by doing something physical, man, it's just such a healthy habit. And it's just cool to hear that you're doing that, man. That's yeah. such like a good thing. I appreciate it. Yeah. I think it's definitely a, um, and I, it's interesting too, that we're, we're kind of mentioning that I, my last episode, it's kind of what I focused it on was like being optimistic but but realistic about what you can do but have that as like your foundation to just like if you if you kind of start off on a good leg just try to stay positive and know you're already doing right good like you're saying like you you had the the story where you didn't quit so you have to just notice those situations where it's like am i going to be the person that does this or am i going to or am i not and not to say it's not you know easy all the time or it can be hard but try to the the more positive mindset you have i think it like leaks into everything else and helps everything else be more you know gracious or you know positive of what you're doing you know, run or work or whatever it is yeah man yeah yeah really great <laughs> <laughs> right on man uh awesome bud yeah again i appreciate you so much um yeah anything likewise man thank you so much for having me dude awesome yeah we'll definitely have to do again i'll catch up with you and uh yeah, we'll see where it goes. Uh, again, thank you so much, bud. Uh, we'll catch you again. And uh, I don't know, the best of – yeah, good luck in three weeks when you got to do it again. <laughs> well, what do you got coming up? What's next on your calendar? Oh, boy. Yeah, actually, I don't have anything scheduled just yet. I'm thinking about – like we were talking about FKTs. Part of that Sufferfest portion of it is, is of, of an FKT. It goes okay. from, from the Cedar Hill uh, State Park – to the cedar hill preserve to cedar hill or big cedar which is like a, a mountain bike course into like a little park uh it sounds like a lot it's only 20, 20 miles one way and so it has a record for one way and then and back so also a 40 mile like oh. portion of it so that's been like creeping into my my bucket list of stuff to do and my buddies are kind of egging me on to do it um because that'd be really <laughs> cool so I'm, I'm thinking about doing you know attempting that maybe in like october november or something but uh, yeah, I, I I'll definitely have to do do me and Captain Carl's and, and come meet you in person. Yeah, yeah, man. Let me know. I'm happy to get you set up with that. Awesome. Thank you so much, PJ. Like my channel.